Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Racing. What is going on? And welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris. As always, I am accompanied by my sedulous co-host, Chris Rasick. And tonight we will be discussing uh, VAs or, or virtual assistants and all the things you need to know if you plan to utilize a VA in your Amazon business. Uh, but first, we interrupt this week's usual news segment for a brand new segment that's uh, going to be appearing on the show here on out. Uh, This is a segment that I believe will be the first of its kind as a recurring segment for an Amazon-focused podcast. Uh, So we'd like to welcome Jeff Schick Esquire to the show for an Amazon Law Review segment. Uh, And we're going to have a little legal chat for Amazon sellers. So, uh, Jeff, what's going on, man? I appreciate you uh, coming on and hanging out with us and uh, making this a a recurring uh, thing here on the, uh, the pod. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. There's always news to share about Amazon and the legal world of what's going on. And uh, today was no doozy. Uh, Amazon has been active for the last couple of weeks, but especially no more so than what they've been rolling out this week with the Amazon account health rating. And then with what they announced at uh, in Seattle, they've now announced that they're going to be launching the Amazon account health assurance program. Mm-hmm. So really, we wanted to kind of demystify, you know, what is this new AHR, you know, account health ratings, what they're calling it, and what, you know, what is this assurance? You know, what does it all mean? Because obviously, it sounds, you know, like like all of Amazon propaganda sounds great, but it, you know, was written by marketing folk, not by you know the actual boots on the ground seller performance people. So you know, let's kind of demystify it a little bit and and just talk about it. I I hope that they at least like sent out a memo before they announced this uh, to, to all the sellers in Seattle uh, and just said, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to throw this out there. So just so you guys know, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe chill on the suspensions and whatnot until, until we kind of get this thing rolling. Uh, so but- interesting, interesting. You say that um, Amazon has been doing lately, uh, this uh, process practice of um, quiet rollouts. So, Actually, the first time the account health rating was even, it even hit the uh, quote unquote hit the shelf <laughs> is it actually showed up back in July. Mm-hmm. And so in July, Amazon started adding, quietly adding health pages to their, um, to their, to their uh, seller central that started describing, well, what is the account health rating? How is it derived? And what are all these different, what is it considering? So with that in mind, I started, you know, once I saw those pages, I started doing more and more research and, you know, one rabbit trail to another led me to find all sorts of information about this new score. So I guess first off, let's demystify it. The account health rating is a zero to 1000 score, and it uh, is based on what sort of violations you have on your account health dashboard. Now, Amazon has said in its help center articles that uh, zero to 100 is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. 101 to 199 is at risk and 200 to 1000, um, very broad range, by the way, is considered healthy. So now how do we, what do we know about it so far? Well, not a whole lot. Some sellers are, are seeing it show up 
And so far I've seen sellers all over the board. I have multiple clients that I've talked to that are at, you know, in the low 200s, but have absolutely perfectly healthy dashboards. I have some clients that are in the high 900s that have all sorts of violations on their dashboard. I personally have a 205 and I haven't sold on Amazon in a couple months now and have a perfect account health dashboard with nothing there at all. So by all, you know, and I've got over six, almost 6,000 or maybe almost 7,000, I can't remember, five-star feedback for seller ratings. So it should be much higher than a 20, I think a 204 is what I'm at. So really doesn't make a whole lot of sense how they're, how they're picking and choosing who gets what number. Um, so for, you know, one thing I've been telling, you know, advising is no matter your score, it's always a good time to do an account health review and see what's going on there, you know, really audit the account and see what can be improved. Because if you don't know what you don't know, and if there may be something that I see, you know, for instance, last week I was looking at a seller's account and they're like, I don't have any IP claims. I don't have anything in this, in the middle section, what we call it, you know, the product policy compliance. Mm -hmm. Why do I have, why am I at risk? And then I'm like, well, you have a high order defect rate. That shouldn't, they're like, that doesn't count though. I'm like, no, it, it does count. <laughs> anything on that page is fair game. So, mm -hmm. it, uh, and certainly does, does play a role. So. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone through all of the, the help pages. That's, that is dry reading. Uh, of the you know, of the new AHR uh, score, do they tell you what factors influence that score at all, or is it just kind of like, oh, it's it's all these things? It's it says that violations can they basically are weighted based on how serious they are and how many times you have the same violation. Um, for a while, there was it actually said that there would be a range that they could range anywhere from ten points to one hundred and fifty points, depending on the violation. I believe that that section has now been deleted. So kind of with this quiet rollout, they've been editing and tweaking behind the scenes. So, um, you know, it, at some point they, they've speculated and they've sort of teased the idea that when you get an IP claim, it'll actually say, you know, minus 50 points for Gryffindor next to it. I mean, sorry, minus 50 points for your account health score. So... <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Now I want to, I want to go back because you said they are quietly rolling, you know, things out to the help pages. Is, is there a, um, I don't know, is, is there a service or anything like that, that crawls the sitemap so that you can get notified automatically when a new help page gets uh, thrown up? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I know they offer RSS feeds, so I assume you could subscribe to them. Uh, I personally don't do that. I, I, I read them as I need them. So yeah. I think it would be uh, very, very difficult to keep up with them at all times, just because there's so many pages um, that you just constantly being, being notified of different things. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I, that just popped into my head while you were talking about it. And I thought it would be kind of a cool thing to just be able to keep your finger on the pulse of what's new. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I know that it doesn't always make it to the news section, uh, you know, or anything like that. So right. Let's get, uh, I'd love to get your feedback on what you think about this new account health assurance and, and whether it's uh, uh, something that's actually going to be helpful or if it's just uh, Amazon kind of throwing us a bone and, and making us feel like we're, you know, we're on Team Bezos. So, well, first thing that they have not clarified is, is this a money grab? So, mm -hmm. you know, like many programs that Amazon offers, they usually come with a fee. So, it would not be shocking to see that they assess some sort of fee 
you know, fee, you know, fee for this type of program. So now assuming that it's free, uh, it makes it more interesting. My take on it is that it's probably business as usual. And the reason why is because the three things that you have to have in order to be an account health assurance is you have to have a high um, account health rating. It doesn't, they, of course, they didn't define what they consider high. You have to maintain an emergency contact number on file. And when they call you, you have to work with them to address listing violations. Well, those are already things that they're expecting. If you have, if you proactively work through IP claims and proactively work through account health issues, you will have a high account health rating. And if you have a high account health rating, you probably won't be suspended. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a circular argument, but it sounds really nice and pretty and makes for a good CNBC post for them to talk about how, you know, what they're doing for the, to invest in the seller community. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, I wonder how many of these types of things that they're rolling out are just kind of a, um, I don't know, making them look good to the FTC and hopefully, you know, maybe California kind of gets off their case and, uh, and, you know, all these other, I think what Washington and maybe Oregon are, are trying to, you know, breathe down their neck too. I wonder how much of it is, uh, you know what, let's get all these government agencies off our back and, and, you know, make Amazon sellers feel like, uh, uh, you know, we're on their side more than, you know, we're on our own side. I would say probably a majority of these programs, you know, Amazon <laughs> loves to, to feel good about themselves, especially if they can invest in a program that really doesn't change their cost basis or doesn't change their policies and procedures all that much. Because in reality, we, we already have, and, and here's the other big kicker. They're saying they won't suspend people. They're not saying they won't give you a 72 hour notice. They're not saying that they won't put you in some sort of, you know, temporary holding pattern. We already see this now. If you have a high, if you have, you know, a minor issue that pops up, they will 72 hour notice you and give you 72 hours to fix the problem before your account gets suspended. And if you mm -hmm. resolve the issue during that 72 hours, you won't be suspended. So that may be the new name instead of a, you know, it, they may be just changing the formats, you know, greetings from Amazon account health assurance. Uh, we're writing, you know, you have 72 hours to work with us to address these and, and get your account health rating back up to healthy. Did we change, did we, we changed the wording, but did we mm -hmm. change, the, did we change the policy and the practice? Interesting. <laughs> and the, the other thing that you brought up about uh, kind of pay for play there, I, I would be interested to see how that ends up, if it ends up happening. Cause I noticed I was reading through the, uh, you know, the 24 hour pay payout thing that they're launching right. uh, and it's, it's free until September of 2023. And then there is a fee to get that 24 hour uh, payout turnaround. So Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Huh? Well, is this gonna, do you think this will change how you do business for your clients at all going forward? Uh, or do you think Amazon will, I don't know, maybe try to be uh, a kinder, gentler, uh, you know, account health uh, or anything like that? Um, so in terms of what we do, a lot of my focus is on prevention. So we proactively work on IP claims. We proactively work on, you know, any sort of ASIN violations. And what we find is that by being proactive and taking a proactive approach instead of a reactive approach, we really don't have those, you know, horrible suspension stories that a lot of, you know, sellers talk about. You know, I was actually doing the numbers and less than 1% of my clients who, 
you know, have worked with me for multiple months have been suspended this year. The only suspension cases that we have worked on that have those reinstatement stories for the most part have been sellers who, you know, met me after they were already suspended or had received a 72 hour notice. Mm -hmm. So it is, uh, so because they put such a huge emphasis on maintaining a high account health rating, our team is going to continue to focus on, you know, addressing violations in a timely manner, getting those claims off people's accounts and then preventing, you know, and naturally, you know, it's, uh, you know, small actions prevent big consequences. And so we're just mm -hmm. going to continue, you know, you know, hammering away, you know, chiseling away and, you know, eventually that'll build the tunnel that the sellers are looking for. So. Perfect. All right. Well, since this is your, your first time on the, the pod, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's take a second and tell listeners like what you do and what you do for sellers and then about your program, where to, where to reach you. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and then we'll, we'll wrap up this segment and like Jeff is going to be back on a regular basis. We're going to hammer out the, the fine details here, uh, off air, but, uh, this is going to be a uh, a recurring segment going forward. So you're going to get a lot more Amazon law review uh, information. But Jeff, uh, what do you do and where can people reach out to you? Absolutely. So I'm an attorney. I work only with Amazon or I should say only with e-commerce sellers. Uh, we've actually been working on a lot more Walmart cases these days, um, mm -hmm. Etsy as well. And of course, Amazon is the, the bulk of what we work on. But, um, you know, you name the marketplace, we've probably handled a suspension or two for it. Um, at this point now, but uh, what we do, you know, our, fo our focus is on preventative health. And so it's $89 a month for our uh, law firm's retainer program. And that allows you to talk to us whenever you have an issue. It also allows us to handle any of the issues that come up with your account as you go on so that you don't have to face them alone. You simply submit them to our, you know, you either schedule a call with me or you submit them through our portal and we take it from A to Z so that you can focus on running your business. So and Perfect. keeping that account healthy. And and if it helps anybody who's out there, Jeff happens to be, I happen to be one of his clients on his retainer program. And uh, yeah, he helped me with uh, my own suspension last year. So uh, I can't recommend Jeff uh, enough. Uh, Jeff, I really, uh, really appreciate you doing this. I think it's going to be a fun, uh, a fun recurring segment uh, going Absolutely. forward. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't know, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff for us to learn. So thanks for taking the time to do this, man. You're most welcome. That's And, any you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can send me an email. If you have ideas you want us to talk about, reach out to Chris, reach out to me. We're happy to – we want to tailor the content to make it interesting because um, I see a lot of things within my, you know, within my firm and with that I find interesting, but there may be something that you, that you as a seller find interesting and we're happy to address and explore that as well during the segment. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Hey, guys. Wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host, Chris Rasick, has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet, and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. All right. Now that we're done with the Amazon legal review, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about 
virtual assistants. I kind of want to talk about the, the who, what, why, where, and when of virtual assistants uh, and kind of go through, I guess, our thoughts on, uh, you know, what a VA is, why to have them, uh, how you can leverage uh, other people's time in your business uh, and things like that. So, I mean, I guess, I guess we should probably start off with like, what is a virtual assistant? Uh, because I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people know what a virtual assistant is, but there's probably going to be, you know, a couple of people who are like, I've never heard of this, this term VA. Uh, so I guess, Chris, if you could, if you could define a VA simply, what would, what would you say a VA is? Uh, it's essentially a, a remote worker, uh, th that would work under you, um, you know, the, the, the virtual part is, is, you know, they're typically in another uh, country most of the time from, from what I've seen. Um, and <laughs> assistance, a good term because there's a wide, wide range uh, of things that they can, can do for you. Um, and they, it's in multiple industries too. I mean, I read a lot of, a lot of different stuff and, and VAs are utilized uh, quite a bit in, in multiple industries you know it's something mm -hmm. that you can get really creative but you know essentially it's a uh, a person in your in your computron that uh <laughs> that you you uh that helps you out and you know you can you can order around mm -hmm. it's like a, who is the who is the little green guy on the flintstones right uh, the, the kazoo oh or, yeah yeah right? that sounds right uh, kazoo sounds right yeah it's something like that right yeah yeah, it, it is it is crazy. Like, I don't know, we're kind of sheltered in this Amazon space. And uh, and we think, we, you know, I think when a lot of people think VA, they're like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to hire a VA and they're going to go out and find profitable products for me. Uh, but, you know, I've got I've got a, a service, which is and this service is essentially just a, a big team of VAs that's run by someone else uh, who handles things like uh, reimbursements and uh, you know, that I should get for lost inventory and, uh, you know, misappropriated inventory from buyers and, and things like that. Uh, and if I, you know, get any sort, if I need to open a ticket, I can just give it to them and allow them to do it. Uh, you know, they can handle some account health things. They can, they can run all kinds of reports. Uh, so like a virtual assistant doesn't just have to be someone who's going out and, uh, and looking through every product product on target for you to find the the profitable flip, so they can literally do anything. Uh, and you know what's kind of crazy to me is a lot of the people that you may hire, say from the Philippines, that's going to be where a ton of VAs are. Uh, you know, some of them have bachelor's, master's degrees. Uh, you know, and they're working for you. Uh, and I guess one of the other things we should cover is you don't just have to be locked in to the Philippines. Virtual assistants can be anywhere. Uh, I was talking to somebody and they have they have a virtual assistant actually in the U.S. Uh, so they I mean, they do pay a much higher wage for someone in the U.S. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people have VAs in the Philippines. I know someone who their entire team is actually in Vietnam. Uh, I know people who've built massive companies with what is essentially a virtual assistant from, uh, you know, the Eastern Europe, uh, 
one of them was in Ukraine. I think another one was, uh, oh, shoot, I forget. Uh, but, you know, it's in the Eastern Bloc or former Eastern Bloc uh, is kind of where they were. I mean, so they can be anywhere. Uh, they don't don't have to be in the Philippines. Uh, I guess the next thing we should talk about is, like, why should you have a VA? Uh, you know, I, get, I know you have a couple of VAs, right? Two? Two, correct. So what kind of things do you have them do? Uh, in in your business, and then I'll talk about what what I have mine do. Well, it, my VAs um, they're not a good example for for the possibilities that are out there for VAs. You know, I I, I very much have them kind of in a, a a tunnel. Um, they review uh, search results. You know, stuff I, I run through TA uh, tactical arbitrage. Um, you know, they're basically filtering through. Um, the data that I've collected, the, the bulk of data, you know, the, basically they take, I kind of direct them and I collect big chunks of data and then I kind of have them sort through it. And uh, I've given them parameters of what I'm looking for, you know, as far as ROI and, and profit and uh, you know, we're kind of fine tuning uh, you know, things along the way all the time. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they have, a, they were a running list of, of stores to avoid and, and, you know, just different things. And, um, but essentially, yeah, they're, they're kind of combing through, you know, the, the big hay bale of uh, uh, potential leads uh, that I collect. So um, it, it's a pretty tight leash, but that's, like I said, that, that's just a small portion of what's possible. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just reading an, uh, an interview of uh, an affiliate marketer and she <laughs> she's bringing in $200,000 a month uh, over, I think she said she has 25 different websites, right? And she, she got to, uh, uh, they asked her about her staff, you know, and how she kind of has her, her company structured. And she actually has a U.S. based VA who works <laughs> as basically like a personnel manager. And then mm-hmm. that person has other VAs outside the U.S., and essentially, I don't know how many people total, but their entire job is basically checking the websites and working SEO and, and you know, kind of double checking backlinks and, and, and all that, just basic maintenance, you know, that she has mm-hmm. a, a team of VAs doing that. So, um, yeah, it, if you use your imagination, I mean, it, you know, VAs are, you know, you talk about, you know, the, the internet and, and, you know, the, the, the digital capabilities that we have, you know, we've talked about it before about, you know, it's, it's easier than ever to make money online, you know, from sitting in your house. Um, you know, th- this, and this is kind of like one of those mechanisms that can really connect you to nearly anywhere in the world. You know I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, so that's, you know, basically the, the, you know, the beautiful thing about VAs is, is you're, you're essentially leveraging, um, standards of living you know so the reason that the philippines are so popular is because the wages that you pay them are small to us you know they're very manageable to us uh but it's it's a respectable living where they're at you know so you can absolutely you can kind of leverage that that uh uh the the currency rate or or whatever the whatever term you want to use 
And that's what mm -hmm. makes it a beautiful thing, you know, so you're, you're giving somebody a, you know, letting somebody support their family and, and, you know, a livable wage, uh, in another country. And, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're getting the help that, that you need and, and you're getting a big boost for three, five dollars an hour or what, you know, whatever, whatever works out to you. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always kind of, I always kind of chuckle at, at the folks who are, you know, like, oh, well, there's no way, you know, paying paying someone $3 an hour or $5 an hour is, you know, putting food on their table. And, and I'm like, uh, you obviously are, are just very focused on what it costs to live in the U.S. or, you know, whatever other first world country you might be in. And you're not opening up your eyes to, you know, the differences uh, or the arbitrage opportunities, you know, that there are in, you know, different countries. Uh, the last time I checked, which was, let's see, I paid my VA for the, I always pay like a month forward. Uh, just, just for my own, just because I'm lazy. I, I wish that I, I, I'd love to say that it's some tactic, tactical maneuver or something, but it's really <laughs> just so I have to send one payment instead of four. Uh, you know, but, uh, when I paid her for the month going forward, uh, it was like one U.S. dollar equaled something like 55 and a half Philippine pesos or maybe 56.4 Philippine pesos. So mm -hmm. like getting it in Filipino money, it was it was a good chunk of money. Right. Uh, and every now and again, I'll go out and Google like, you know, how much does a doctor make in the Philippines? Uh, and then I'll compare that to what I'm paying. And I'm like, all right, they're doing OK. You know, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of somebody because, you know, they're not quite making what a doctor will make, but they're making pretty daggone close. Uh, yeah. And they're just helping some schlub, uh, you know, sell products on, on the internet, uh, you know, from his, from his lazy boy. Uh, yeah. That's a, my guy. Um, my main, I, I kind of, the, the one with more seniority, uh, the first guy I hired. Um, yeah. He, he, uh, he wanted to change a schedule. And, uh, if you're unfamiliar with, uh, it's probably, probably more than just the Philippines, but Filipino, um, VAs are extremely polite and very formal. Um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, constantly. Um, it, it's, it, it almost gets annoying. It's so respectful. Right. <laughs> so he said, he actually, he needed to change a schedule, you know, so he, he asked me, you know, very politely and, you know, sir, I was wondering if you, if you mind, you know, I need a favor and um, I'm going to get, I'm going back to school to get my master's degree. So he proposed that he goes, can I start, can I work from 4am to noon, his time, Filipino time. And then he would go to school in the afternoon after he clocked in. I said, I said, Mark, are you, are you sure? You know, I said that four o'clock is awfully early. You know, I mean, especially thinking about the course load, you know, if he's going for his master's degree. So, and, and he, he eventually switched it. We, we talked and, and he goes, he said a few weeks later, he goes, sir, you're right. 4am is, is, is too early. <laughs> Which, yeah. and that's, that's worth pointing out too, is the, the sir and, and stuff. It's, it is surreal if, if you haven't experienced it. You know, like you're being called sir, or if, you know, the female, you know, female sellers, you'll be called ma'am. 
Um, and it, it's so formal. And, and I, I bet I quit my job a year and a half ago. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I can still count on one hand over the last 18 months, the amount of times that I've worn pants with belt loops. Right. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's a, it's a straight diet of sweatpants and basketball shorts. And here's the, here are these people like I said, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's like some, some, shala, you know, and then he's changing his schedule. He's going to get up at 4am for, for some, you know, some fat ass in Ohio, you know, paying him <laughs> three bucks an hour, you know, while he goes for a master's degree. Like, <laughs> like, uh, gotta, gotta love it. Right. Oh like, yeah. What a country. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I, I always tell people when I, when I do, you know, on the off chance, get called sir, like out in public, when I, when I go out in public, uh, you know, I'm like, sir is my dad, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just Chris. Uh, and so, you know, seeing it, you know, written or, you know, if we do a, if we do a zoom chat to do a little bit of education or something and, and hearing it over and over and over again, I'm just like, you, you have to stop. Like, just, just call me Chris. <laughs> We're peers. Uh, you know, some of the other reasons that, like, why you should have a VA is, I think personally that most business is just a, is just kind of a math game. You know, uh, if I can, if I can buy something for a dollar and I can make a dollar fifty on it, okay, perfect. Uh, you know, you, now you just have to figure out, well, how many times do I have to multiply this to, to like actually be able to pay the bills with it? And if we throw in the mix, uh, you know, a virtual assistant, well, now I get to take my time out of it and maybe I'm going to make a dollar 25 instead of that dollar 50 on the thing I bought for a dollar. But now I don't have to do like most of the heavy lifting. Uh, I don't have to, I don't have to do everything. And then that's why it's, I think it's really, I don't know. It can be a game changer if the right processes are in place. We're going to get to that in in a little bit as well. Uh, Because, I mean, you can have an army working for you. And, and, you know, while we're working out of the the spare bedrooms in our uh, our houses, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy. I'd like to talk a little bit about like when you should hire a VA. And and the reason I want to bring this up is because, you know, I, I help run a fair amount of Facebook, Amazon Facebook groups. And I also see this on Instagram and I hang out on Twitter a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I'll see people who have been selling for two weeks and they're like, oh, okay, well, and it's time for me to hire a VA. Like I'm ready to go. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to be mean, but I also just want to kind of go and pat them on the head and, and say, listen, it's not time yet. You, you don't know enough. You haven't, you know, you haven't gone through the trials and tribulations uh, to, to be able to go and, and get a VA. Uh, so I guess in your opinion, when should somebody hire a virtual assistant? Uh I, th- I think there's there's probably the easiest way to answer that is to talk about the things that you need to fully understand out of the box. You know, mm-hmm. like I think there there are certain certain levels that you have to get to before you should consider it. You know, and and that's and you're exactly right. That that get, gets back into that Amazon seller starter kit. You know, the this 
massive, you know, just just burdensome, completely misdirected chunk of tools and services and stuff that people just think they need right out of the gate. You know, it's we've talked about it a handful of times. Like <clears throat> you need to know why you're doing it, what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. and then you need to know the process before you outsource it, you know, like that hypothetical seller that that's two weeks in that, that thinks it's time to hire a VA. Like you're not even, you shouldn't even be confident that you can manage your debt load, you know, and, and, and refresh the capital, you know, <laughs> like you have, you know, you don't have enough reps of, of churning your inventory, paying your bills and then starting out, you know, getting that whole hamster wheel going, you know, yeah. that's, you know, that, that could be a, a, a pretty bad story. You might be calling Jeff Schick, um, you know, it, <laughs> if you, you know, if you're biting off that much, uh, that early on. So yeah. I, I think the answer to that question is, is, you know, what do you know and, and what do you have a good grasp of? Because I think the main, I think the, the basic answer to your question, when to hire a VA is when you can accurately calculate the value of your own time, mm -hmm. you know? So I think you need to know what that number is. And then you consider whether, you know, whether it's a part-time VA or a full-time VA, 20 to 40 hours of three to five to, to up to $8, even depending on the, the caliber of, of VA and, and, and where you're looking, whether 40 hours at that dollar figure, whatever it ends up being, is worth it to take something off your plate and allow mm -hmm. you to do something that that's far more valuable. You know, if, if you can do an activity that, you know, and you have all your numbers straight and, and you know that if I can do this, I can, I can make at least $50 an hour or a hundred dollars an hour or whatever that number is. And, and you have tasks that can keep you from doing activities like that. Now it's, it's a good time to consider a VA. That would be a useful, you know, execution of, of bringing somebody on. Yeah, absolutely. And see, that's the other thing. I, you, you made a really good point. Like, uh, it may not be 250 or 350 an hour. It can be all, like, I'm getting ready to hire a, a second sourcing VA, someone who's going to do mostly manual sourcing for me. Uh, and I am, I am, full disclosure, I'm taking them from a seller who has changed their business model. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to take them over. So, and this is like a really successful seller, a multi-million dollar seller. They've got processes in place and the VA I'm going to take over, he is, he's eight bucks an hour, you know, he's on the higher side, uh, you know, but <clears throat> I think one of the really important things of like when you should hire a VA other than like, do I know that I can actually pay for this out of the business is can you effectively teach that virtual assistant how to do what you're doing? Uh, you know, I'll see a lot of people talk about, oh, well, you know, I heard on Instagram that I need to, you know, I need to do, I need to have these metrics for the, the products that I'm going to source. Uh, and you can't just regurgitate those to a virtual assistant and expect them to understand it. You need to be able to, you need to be able to understand it yourself enough that you can explain it to someone like they're five. And, and I, I'm not saying that virtual assistants are dumb or anything like that. I want things explained to me like I'm five. Uh, but you need to be able to explain that and, and have them go out and be able to 
do what you're teaching them, you know, and that could take reps. That's going to take your time, uh, you know, and you're going to want to put your own spin on things. You don't want to do just exactly what everyone is else is doing. Um, you know, and, and it takes you some time to get in your own reps before you could really explain that to anybody else. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of clutch my pearls a bit when I see people who like, this is the, this is their first foray into business, you know, being an Amazon seller. Now, before that, you've only been an employee and you just are chomping at the bit to outsource everything. Uh, you know, and not, not wanting to put in, put in the reps before you go out and, and just get everything under the sun. Uh, and as someone who sells, you know, both a course and software, like I'm probably shooting myself in the foot, you know, saying that kind of thing, but I probably, I probably talk more people out of buying stuff from me. Uh, than I do trying to talk them into it because I, I really do think nothing, there's nothing better than putting in your reps first. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, how do you train somebody <clears throat> to do something that, that you don't know how to do yourself? Mm -hmm. And then what happens if, if that VA quits, <laughs> you're not, you don't have the capability yourself to, to pick up where that person left off, you know? So if, exactly. Uh, you know, that's and we'll, hopefully we'll get to that later. Let, let's remember to get to at some point, talk about the myths that that some sellers have, you know, oh, yeah. that that gets into, uh, you know, the some sellers think VAs are magical, you know, magical little genies that you, you know, it, you rub a little lamp and, a you know, a Filipino genie pops up and you can just, you know, you can just order them around and be like, hey, I need 100 replens you know, and just put your order in it's not you know it, it's not like that and i think a lot of sellers too many sellers have false impressions like that so mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i i agree i agree 100 percent um yeah let's talk a little bit about where to hire a va uh and yeah sorry what what you just what you just said there kind of kind of made me think about something i, I want to bring up here in, in a few minutes as well uh so I, there are a bunch of places that you can hire a VA. Uh, you know, and so I'm going to be a little self-serving here for a moment, but I happen to have a, a VA service where you can, you know, you can come and you can hire, you can hire someone without having to go through the rigmarole of, uh, you know, meeting with 40 or 50 different people and, and we can just get you somebody. All right. Uh, but there are other ways to do it without having some sort of middleman. There's, Upwork, which is very popular. Um, it's where I've hired my developers. I've hired virtual assistants from there. Uh, there is um, a place called Toptal, T-O-P-T-A-L. That one's going to be more for kind of higher end tasks. Uh, going to be a lot more developers and, and things like that over there. Uh, there is, um, oh shoot, of course, my I'm going to blank. Uh, Was it onlinejobs.ph? Uh, yes, okay. onlinejobs.ph. And that one is just the Philippines. Like everyone there is from the Philippines. Um, and and then I know that there are others. There's like Freelancer. There's Fiverr. Uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of places. Um, there's, there's your Facebook Messenger DMs if you're in any oh. FBA groups. <laughs> <laughs> be really, really careful with those ones, because I, yeah. I see I see the people who, you know, who 
comment on posts and, you know, I read them before I delete the post and kick them out of the group uh, because I know that a DM is, is going to be going out to 10 or 15 uh, Amazon sellers or, uh, or soon to be Amazon sellers. Uh, but the people in Facebook groups often give very bad advice, uh, you know, in the comments uh, or it'll, it'll be something totally off the wall compared to what was asked in, in the, uh, the original posters question. Uh, so yeah, if you're getting DMs from folks, be really, really careful uh, about those about those folks. But yeah, there, I yeah. mean, there's there's no shortage of places to hire a virtual assistant. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the best places that I have found some of my own virtual assistants is by networking, you know, and and talking to other sellers. And you know, people sellers change business models. That's what that's how I'm getting this second VA. Uh, you know, and they, they might need to let someone go because they just don't have the skill set or, uh, or maybe they're bringing everything in-house. Uh, Amazon sellers quit. This business isn't for everybody, you know. I don't know what the turnover rate is on Amazon sellers. I would imagine it's, it's got to be similar to regular businesses. It's, it's going to be a pretty high failure rate just because that is the nature of business. And so you might have the opportunity to pick up a VA from someone who's letting someone go. And I think there are some pros and cons to that. I think you may have experienced some of the cons uh, already with hiring someone else's VA. I, I have as well. You know, it's one of the cons, in, in my opinion, is sometimes they will have bad habits from another seller that you then have to train out of them if you can, uh, you know, cause it, it can be, it can be difficult to train bad habits out of people. Uh, you know, but that's, that's one of the biggest things I think about taking over a VA is, is making sure you get that knocked out pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, I think it's a balancing act, you know, because mm -hmm. there is, there is some value in, uh, another seller's VA uh, because you're going to have a, a certain level of experience um, and, and there may be some familiarity with tools that you use that you're not going to have to train, you know, because there is training no matter what, you know, I mean, you, you think about the flip side, like, all right, I, you know, I don't want any bad habits. So I'm going to take somebody from scratch. Well, if you're taking somebody from scratch, you've just enlisted yourself as a trainer uh, with, a lot of material to go over, you know, mm -hmm. so, uh, you can kind of, you, you can cut some of that out with risk involved, you know, being the bad habits and, and, you know, maybe methods that, that don't match, you know, your, your own business processes, but, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle, I think is, is the sweet spot, you know, where you, where you get, you, you know, if, if you could find a VA that, yeah, I know tactical arbitrage, I know how to set up scans, you know, and, and you know, if, if you can get that part of it, you know, if you can get certain sections that they know and, and you know, you could fine tune some, you know, maybe settings on a, on a TA search, you know, but if you can, if you can get someone and, and day one, they can set up scans and start reviewing them after you tell them what you, you know, here's what I want, you know, minimum ROI, minimum profit here you know, do these scans or, you know, Hey, look for, look for these sales and you're off and running. There's value there. Um, but training, 
you, you're going to be a trainer. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to hire a VA at some point in time, to some degree, you are a trainer and it's not going to stop. <laughs> you know, it's, I, we talked about that uh, off air. Um, you know, the ongoing training, it can, it can get, it, it can get a bit rough, you know, it, it can yeah. be tough sledding, you know, because it's, because yeah, you think about it, you know, for people who don't have a VA, um, it, you know, if you're hiring in, in the Philippines, English isn't their primary language most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a second language. So, you know, if you want to, you know, you're, you're texting back and forth or you're doing emails or you can do live calls. Um, it, it's in their second language, or, you know, say you do like loom videos, you know, like, Hey, here's, you know, and you do, you share your screen and, and, you know, you make up a, a five minute video, you send it off to them. You got to wait for them to watch it. Um, and then, maybe they're going to do their own loom response and <laughs> they do their own five minute video. They got to make it, they got to send it to you. You have to watch it. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, there you just spent, you know, probably 30, 40 minutes on a, on a 10 minute loom conversation back and forth, you know, just one, one, uh, one video and then one reply. So that it's, mm-hmm. it can be time intensive, it, it, you know, it, it, it can take some effort. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that, I think that maybe that is something that's not, I don't know. I, I don't see that part discussed as much as it probably should be, you know, on social media, on in Facebook groups, uh, you know, because like, I mean, we are typically educating ourselves on a fairly regular basis about, about Amazon, about, you know, being, uh, better business people. Uh, I, I had try to educate myself on being a better podcaster. Uh, you know, we're always trying to get better. Uh, however, not everyone is like that. And you can't expect someone who has kind of an employee mentality, which, you know, virtual assistant is going to be your employee and they're likely going to have a, a somewhat employee mentality. You can't always expect them to just want to get better on their own. So now you're in charge right. of that. It, that's that's now your responsibility, uh, and and an important one because you you know you want them to be better. You want them to perform more, uh, you know, be more efficient, and you know things like that. And and hopefully you cultivate uh, uh, cultivate a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Anyway, you, you have kind of a business where it's expected that you try to get better, um, you know, yeah. make sure that, you know, they want to try to be, be better for you and, and they can be financially rewarded or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. But I think that's really important. And that's, yeah, it, and it's important as a seller to realize, you know, because a, a good seller doesn't mean you're a good teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's so if you're, you know, and you're looking to, to take on your, it's an expense, you know, so you're now taking on a cost and the goal is to make your business better, you know? So, but if you, if you're a good seller, but a bad teacher, you know, it, it could end up being a net loss. You know, if you don't, you know, if you don't convey what you need to convey to your VA, am I rapping right now? That was, actually yeah, my... I think so. That, that was a, that was a rap. <laughs> 
you know, I, I, one story like like here's a a, a good example that um, I uh, when when my oldest son was was little, I love I love baseball. Right. I, I'm just a I think it's it's a near perfect sport. I, I've always loved it. Always will. Right. Um, so when my son got big enough, uh, he we, we joined the, a local league and they didn't have a coach. The last year's coach had had you know, had left or, or ghosted the, the league or whatever. So there was a team, a pre-existing team. So me and my son and I volunteered to, to coach it. Right. And I, I'm not kidding you. I read books on, on coaching baseball. I watched videos. I have, I have, I still have, I have a row. Part of that section on my shelf is, is Cal Ripken's stuff, you know, just right. And I educated everything and I drilled these kids. I had them swinging at, at little, golf wiffle balls with broomsticks, you know, just to, so it, it would feel like they were swinging, you know, I don't know, a, a, a two by four, you know, when they got up to the plate, I've drilled them on grounders. You know, we ran lap. I mean, I was just, I had these kids just foaming at the mouth. Right. And I was like, I am, I'm going to make the greatest little league team in the history of little league. We're going to Williamsport. Right. <laughs> just like I poured all this effort into it. Right. So we get up and and we finally it's time for our first game, and I, my family came out and and my oldest was he was technically he was too young for the league right so he's just swimming in this this uniform and stuff and it was coach pitch right and uh, so I finally get up there and and I'm I'm the pitcher right and and very first game first inning first batter I toss the ball into the kid my leadoff hitter he's a good hitter right and I'm just I'm ready for my dynasty my little league baseball dynasty to begin and i toss the ball to the kid he nails one he he smacks one right up the middle in between the shortstop and the second baseman he throws down the bat and he runs straight to third base oh man and i still and i went oh crap like i forget <laughs> so <laughs> like y- you don't know you know like y- you can have an idea of how to teach but you know, I didn't, I didn't realize I had to teach that part of it, you know, and, and right. that's, I think it's kind of the same thing with a VA, you know, it, it's, you know, you can kind of, you can think you're, you're creating a, a curriculum and, and providing this great education, but um, you need to, you need to make sure that you're open to all of the stuff, you know, so you have to, you have to be able to adapt and, and, you know, kind of know, try to try to figure out and know what they don't know, you know, and, and don't, don't take a lot for granted, you know, cause that's, yeah. I certainly took where the location of first base for granted. So. I'll tell you what, that story ended better than I, than I expected. I was expecting your first pitch to, to ding the kid in the head. Uh, <laughs> that's, no, there was a joke though, that I did, I did hit every single kid on the team at least once that it's, <laughs> I was, I, I love baseball, but I never said I was any good at it. <laughs> I, I do love it. And this is a little aside uh, for those of you listening. We don't, we don't do this a whole lot, but I'll tell you what the, we need to have a clear the shelf podcast uh, getaway to Savannah, Georgia. So we can go see the Savannah bananas. Cause I know that that's not, not regular baseball, but holy cow, do those guys put on a show. Oh yeah. I just, I think today or yesterday, they, they what the center fielder ordered a pizza. He had a, he had Donato's delivered to him in center field. Yes. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I love that. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how to hire a VA because 
in my opinion, I think that it needs to be done a, a little bit differently than, you know, if you are going to go post a job posting on Indeed.com or, or something like that for, a, uh, you know, a, a local HR manager. Um, so I have, over the course of the years that I've sold on Amazon, uh, I have, I've hired a lot of different people for a lot of different things. And um, one of the ways that I put up job postings is I'm, I'm very, very detailed about what I'm going to have them do. Uh, you know, I put everything in, in there, you know, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be working eight hours a day. You're going to be reviewing, uh, data for arbitrage on Amazon. You're going to be, you know, uh, using this software and, and so on, because I want to make sure that, that they know. However, uh, just because someone is from another country, uh, maybe, uh, does not mean that they're not going to do the same thing when they're out trying looking for a job. I, I know that someone here has been let go and has gone out and looked for another job, and they use the spray and pray method. Uh, I'm just I'm going to, I'm going to apply for everything, <laughs> and hopefully something sticks. Uh, and, and that's going to happen the, the same in the VA world. So one of the things I always do is uh, I always make sure that stuck somewhere in there is some kind of question or something that I need to see them respond to properly before I'm even going to look at their application. So uh, I have used kind of the same kind of the same thing, but I'll, I'll talk about the position and then kind of in a weird place, I'll say, Hey, when you reply to this position, uh, let me know uh, how, or let me know the, what color a banana is in the first word of the, uh, of the subject line, you know? And then when I get 42 emails, uh, it, I can just delete all the ones that don't say yellow right at the very beginning of them. Uh, and that has probably saved me a ton of time over the years. Uh, one of the other things that I would suggest is have an actual interview process, you know, and don't just, don't just hire the person who, you know, comes off the best in, in an email resume or, or, or whatever you get sent, uh, but actually speak to them. And, uh, I'm a big fan of paying people to, uh, to do a task for me, to make sure that they can complete a task and follow instructions. Uh, and it can, it has been as simple as, uh, you know, I've, I have a list of 10 different items on Amazon, for example, and I need you to find, uh, just matches. They don't have to be profitable or anything like that, but I need you to go out and find matches for me that are in stock at Walmart or Target or Walgreens or Kohl's or, or wherever. Uh, that way I can just see that they can follow instructions. Uh, have you done anything like that yourself when you've hired a VA? Yeah, I, I put both of my guys on uh, um, trial periods. Okay. You know, I, I just said, Hey, let's, uh, you know, let, let's get going. And because I, my first VA, I got through my network, um, you know, and actually, uh, you know, a good day, if you're, if you do have a network, um, 
feel free to steal my tactic. Um, I, uh, there, the, I, I was thinking that there, there are probably sellers who are gearing up for Q4 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we did a whole episode on, on preparedness and whatnot. So obviously that mentality is out there. Um, so I was thinking, um, that there's probably people around the first of the year, uh, come the new year that we're probably getting rid of VAs, you know, essentially, um, you know, either purposely or, or just, you know, accidentally just realize that, that, you know, okay, the, the volume, I, I can't, you know, I can't employ this many now, or, you know, maybe I bit off too much that I, that I could chew. Um, so I just kind of put feelers out there in, in January, mid January or something. And, and sure enough, uh, the possibility came through. Um, and I actually had the chance to get two VAs. Uh, one seller was, was getting rid of, of two of them. Um, I was worried about making the same mistake that I was trying to capitalize, capitalize on. So I only took one of them, but the person, once I realized I, I wanted a second one and it wasn't, it was only like a, a, a maybe a week or two. Um, the other VA had been hired by somebody else, but she knew somebody that was looking so, oh, nice. she, so that VA actually hooked me up with, with another VA. So that's how I got my second one. So, um, yeah. So, so, you know, if you think about, think about periods, think about busy periods, you know, where sellers may be, you know, kind of stacking up or, or, you know, there may be concentrated, um, efforts, uh, you know, once that period of time's over, you know, whether it be a, I don't know, a prime day or obviously Q4 is the, the, the obvious period of time, um, you know, shortly after that is a good time to, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, survey the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I would imagine, I don't know, I, w- I wish I knew, I wish there was a place to get statistics on like how, how much turnover there is at different times of year. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I certainly hope that the people who are letting VAs go, you know, December 31st, I, I really hope that they paid out 13, 13th month pay, uh, you know, and, and aren't, aren't just trying to, you know, pull the whole breaking up with your girlfriend before Valentine's day, uh, you know, tactic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> who would do, who would do that? <laughs> like, you know, uh, and, and people still get real bunnies for Easter too. It's like, you know, come on people. Right. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about how to manage uh, virtual assistants. I, I don't think there's necessarily a, a right or wrong answer here, uh, you know, but if you don't manage properly, I think that you can end up costing yourself a, a lot of time, um, you know. So I know for me, we have, we have some expectations uh, and like those expectations are, uh, that I want to have a, a bit of a report after the end of every shift, you know? So I get, I wake up to a message. I typically wake up. Sometimes uh, my VA will, will. So, so, okay. So here's the thing with my virtual assistant, she can, she can work whenever she wants. There's no, like, you don't have to work from 7 a.m. to, to 12 p.m. Or, or whatever. Uh, you know, we've gotten to the point where I'm like, listen, you put in a solid day's work. Uh, you make sure that we, you know, we meet 
what we're looking to do. And I don't care if you get it done in six hours. I don't care if you get it done in eight hours, uh, you know, or anything like that. I don't like if it takes more than eight hours, like let me know and let's talk about it uh, and kind of see what the reason is for it. Uh, you know, and if it's, you know, if your kid is sick or whatever, like, okay, let's work around those kind of things. Uh, but at the end of every shift, I want a report on what was done and what the results were. Uh, you know, so I'll get a message like, uh, you know, Mr. Chris, I worked from this time to this time. Uh, and I went through this many, uh, you know, sets of data. And this is how many leads that are available for you when you decide to log in and look at everything. Uh, and then at the beginning of her shift, she's got a note from me uh, with some feedback. And that can include, uh, on occasion, a Loom video or two. Uh, and then when, when I have to send a Loom video because maybe we need to tweak something or maybe some data was incorrect, uh, then I always request that she record a Loom video back to me, kind of showing me her version of what she understood from, from what I said. That way I can, I can know, do we need to educate more on this piece or do we need to, or did she get it and we're good to go and we can just move forward. Um, but that's the kind of, I think communication is huge in the management. Uh, I am not someone who is big on the big brother style, uh, you know, monitoring programs. I, you know, I, I know some people are, well, what if my VA shares leads with someone else? Or, you know, what if they have a Facebook messenger chat open, uh, you know, while they're supposed to be working? My whole thought process is so do I. You know, uh, so uh, why should I expect them to not do what what I know that I do and what I have done, even when I am on a company, when I was on a company's dime other than my own? Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that. And I, I want there to be a culture of trust. I want there to be a culture of openness, uh, you know, a culture of always wanting to get a little bit better uh, every single day. Uh, and so that's kind of how I try to manage uh, folks. I, I want to give them, I want to give them room to roam, you know, but I also want there to be a little bit of a leash there in case we need to pull things back. Uh, and so I guess, like, how, how are you building out your management style with, with virtual, with your virtual assistants and, uh, and maybe where, I'm, where have I gone wrong? If, if you can kind of tear that apart a little bit, maybe. Uh, I'm a little more there. My VA's days are, are more structured mm -hmm. um, because that, that's what they were used to. Um, so when I took them over, um, thankfully, the, the seller that um, that I was getting them from was very willing to, to answer any questions and, and you know, over here and there over several days, you know, just stuff would pop up. And, uh, and then even after they started um, a few days in, you know, I kind of had some follow up questions. Um, so she was, she was very, very nice and very helpful. Um, so that was definitely appreciated. So my thought process was it's probably easiest for them, for the VAs, if I just kind of keep it to what they're used to, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, because I certainly don't have 
you know, some, some method that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm super confident in and, and ready to install, you know, um, I'm kind of winging it myself. You know, <laughs> I just, I, I know what the, you know, I know what I want them to do. I know what the end result is, you know, but as far as like, you know, the process on how we get there, you know, I, I'm flexible, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just play it by ear and, and adjust as necessary, I guess. So they have a, uh, they have a start time. And I made sure I asked them over and over again. I said, that, does this schedule work for you? I said, if, because if it doesn't work for you, it's not going to work for me. You know, I, I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm flexible, you know, like it doesn't matter what time you start, you know? So I want you to, to pick a time if you want to change it now. Um, and obviously, cause the, you know, the, my, my main guy, you know, he, he's changed his schedule a couple times. So, and which is, which is perfectly fine with me. So, but you know, they decided on it. They said that that's fine. And, and I was the same way with the pay, you know, because that's, uh, $3 an hour to the Amazon sellers. That really is out there. Like it, it is possible, you know, and, and, and it is still fair depending on what area of the Philippines or, you know, what area of, of the world, um, but, but it is possible. I know there's, I've heard s- several people when I was doing my research that, you know, said, no, you know, that it's going to be more like five, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's probably through a company, you know, but mm-hmm. for that extra $2 an hour that you're going to pay, you've, you know, you're getting something for that because you're hiring through the company. So you kind of have a support system. Um, but it's not a myth. We'll put it that way. You know, the $3 an hour can and does exist. So, yep. but I asked him, I, I, I said over and over again, I said, tell, please, you know, is this going to work for you? You know, like let, let's set it up now. Just, I, I tried to make them feel as comfortable as possible being honest with me. And I said, you know, please, if it's, if it's not enough, I don't want you struggling, you know, because if you're, if you're struggling, you're not, that's going to affect your, your work performance essentially. And, yeah. and you know, your happiness and all the way around, that's, that's not going to, you know, I need you happy. I need you make, I need you supporting, you know, I need you making the income that, that you need to make to, to be healthy and, you know, relatively happy. And so let's get it all on the table. So, um, yeah, so I, and he ended up keeping it the same. It was three bucks an hour. And, you know, I, I said, all right, I said, I'm going to trust you on this, you know, and, and, yeah. but you know, let's, uh, I- let's be open about it. I'm guessing he doesn't live in like Manila or, or something like that. He, he must yeah. live out in a, in a village somewhere. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. 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 See, that's, that's, I, I think that's something really important that people maybe don't think about. You know, you just think about, Oh, well it's the Philippines and this is what they can live on, but there is big, big differences. You know, that's mm-hmm. like living in Hong Kong compared to, you know, some, you know, small remote village. Uh, the prices are going to be a lot different. Um, <clears throat> what you bring up there, I think, is a great segue into one of the other things I want to talk about, which is like how to treat a virtual assistant. And the reason I want to talk about about this is because I think that <clears throat> you know, we're behind keyboards all day, every day, and that can that can cause some people to become a little callous, you know, and, and not necessarily think about who's on the other end uh you know and i'm not saying that you know people do it on purpose it's just it's just what you know the internet does to us 
Uh, and, and also, I think a lot of times people can be very transactional. And I don't necessarily think that's the right way to go uh, when you're, you know, hiring uh, and managing a, a virtual assistant or a team of virtual assistants. I personally am a big fan to always make sure to try to lead with a bit of empathy, uh, you know, understand their situation, understand their lifestyle. Uh, I actually, I've had, I've had multiple conversations about, you know, what's it like where you live and, you know, what is your culture and what do you believe in and, uh, you know, what's important to you and, and all those kind of things. So I can have a better understanding, uh, you know, of their life and, you know, things like that. And just so I can, uh, kind of create a better culture in our business and make sure that they, I think it does a couple of things. Number one, it helps kind of marry them to you and your mission. Uh, and, and then it also helps you learn what's important to them because, if you manage people, money is not always the the driver. Uh, it, money is a big driver for me. It's, it's why I work, uh, you know, so hard. But, however, it has changed over the course of my life, too. Yeah. And when I first started working, money was the driver. It was the only thing that drove me. Can I make more sales to make more money? Uh, and, you know, and then go blow that money on things like motorcycles and, uh, and partying with my friends and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but as I've gotten older, the drive has become much more intrinsic. Uh, you know, can, can I make sure my family is taken care of? Can I make sure that, you know, they've got everything that they need? Can I make sure that, you know, there's a better life for them and things like that? And your virtual assistants are going to have some of the very same drivers. Maybe money is, you know, it's great, but it may not be what actually gets them up every day and gets them to work. Uh, you know, maybe it's some people want to be praised when they do something right. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing is, is huge for them. Uh, for other people, it could be, you know, uh, could be performance incentives. I have, I have purchased uh, computers for virtual assistants in the past as a, I mean, one, because it helps them be better at their job, but two, it was a performance incentive. If we hit some goals, then I'd be like, okay, well, then I will buy you this computer. Um, it's not the easiest thing getting to the <laughs> Philippines either. That was a, that was a learning experience. Uh, you know, but I think one of the biggest things is we need to make sure that we are always recognizing that there is a, there's a human on the other side of that computer. Uh, and it's, you know, and just because they're in the Philippines, they're, they're just like us, you know, they've got the same fears and anxieties and worries and, uh, you know, um, so like I personally am pretty flexible with things like birthdays. Take your birthday off. Go have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if your kid's sick, take the day off. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to let somebody abuse it and we'll mark it down and say, okay, well, you know, you had, you had three sick days the first half of the year, uh, you know, and, and, but if there are like 15 or 20 sick days in the second half of the year, like 
let's figure out what's going on. Like, do you need some time off so you can like be in the hospital or, you know, is, you know, is life just kind of gotten, you know, messy. Um, but I don't know. I think that's, I've seen people talk about virtual assistants kind of coldly and I want to, I, I don't know. I kind of want people to make sure that they're very cognizant that there's a, there's another person that we should treat them how we'd want to be treated. If we were, if the roles were reversed. Right. And for most of us, they were reversed at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, how many, I, I mean, maybe there are sellers that, that will just, this is just their side gig, you know, just some extra cash and it's never going to be a, a full-time thing, but you know, there, there are part-time sellers who their ultimate goal is to leave the, the nine to five and, and make this their gig become self-employed. And then there are people that have taken the plunge and, and quit the, the nine to five. You know, and those, those dreams are, you know, most of the time, I think a lot of those stories at some point in time, there's a bad boss in the mix, you know, in, in your journey to, you know, wanting to be self-employed and wanting to, to, to call the shots and leave the rat race, you know? So you're remember that you're the boss and, you know, just, just try to be a good boss, you know, yeah. you don't have to be the greatest, but you know, just be somebody that, that you wouldn't mind working for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's as, as simple as it gets, you know, just, uh, you know, that's why I try to be, I mean, now a word of warning, you know, like they're going to call you sir and, and, and whatnot. And there's a bunch of formalities, um, learn, you know, take it from my experience, you know, being informal, how's it hanging? Doesn't translate to, to, uh, Philippines over text message. Just take my word for it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but I was, you know, I always just laugh and, and, you know, and try to, you know, cause I, it is a different culture. I, you know, I don't unleash the full, um, twisted sense of humor on them, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I just, uh, friendly let's, we'll, we'll use that one. I, you know, I try to stay friendly and, and of course, flexible and, and, you know, there's not a lot that they can ask me that isn't going to be okay. You know, it, it, yeah. cause, cause what is it, what does it matter to me? You know, it, um, you know, the, the, my main guy who's, uh, finishing his master's degree is his grandma's, um, has to go for cancer treatments, you know, and every mm-hmm. once in a while, and he takes her, you know, and he just, Hey, is it okay if I, of course, you know, and, and, um, you mentioned birthdays. Yeah. Birthdays are, are, are paid holidays in my book, you know, like that's, um, you know, it, and you make sure you keep the lines of communications open, you know, that's, uh, that, that's one thing that I don't think we've covered yet because, uh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta know when their birthday is, you know, so make sure there's, there's some sort of communication and then not to mention how important communication is as an employee, you know, like you, you need to have some feedback and, and, um, you know, I, I always try to, it's just a, a you know, in general with, with everybody, you know, it, it, I try to balance, um, criticism with something good. You know, I Mm -hmm. always try to, you know, tell them um, if I have to give them, you know, constructive criticism, you know, I I try to make sure I I point out something that they did well just to kind of balance it out. That's um, and then other times it just I just randomly, you know, tell them they did a good job. You know, they just I just told them the other day they they really had a solid day. I mean, they gave me even after my review, 
I think in, in a single day I had like a dozen leads that I bought just oh, two nice. Yeah. That's yeah, a, was, that's a good day. Yeah. It was really good. I was like, man, this yeah. is, you know, it, so. yeah, that is, uh, yeah, the lines of communication I think is, <clears throat> excuse me, really important. I, I felt bad. I, I totally spaced and, and missed my, my VA's birthday just last week. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw, and I'm friends with her on Facebook too, cause I, I do like, I want to know like what's going on in her life. And I'm not trying to be like weird, you know, but I want, I, I, I do want to know like what's going on in her life so I can, you know, talk about it, that kind of thing. And, uh, and so I did, I sent her a little, I sent her a little more than I normally would have for her birthday because I felt bad that I missed it. Um, you know, but I think you, I think you also bring up a, a really good point, uh, about them giving you 12 leads in one day. I think that I think that we as Amazon sellers probably need to temper our expectations a, a little bit. Uh, I've seen I have seen people complain in the past, oh well I you know I only got three leads that I could buy today and I, they or they gave me 12 leads and I you know I had to scrap you know 80% of them. And mm-hmm. I sourced myself today, you know, without, without a VA's help. Uh, you know, I went through her leads and then it was time for me to go and source. And like, I know how long it takes and I know how hard it can be. And I, I know that sometimes, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bat, uh, uh, you know, a goose egg, you know, for the day and, and it happens. And so I think that sellers need to really temper their expectations. Uh, I try to think about it a couple of ways. One, let's just say that it costs me, well, uh, let's see here. What is it? We don't like to do public math here, but we'll, we'll do it. So let's say, you know, it cost me five bucks an hour and they're going to work eight hours a day. So I'm going to be out $40 for the day. Well, if they can find me, just, just say one lead, okay, uh, with, yeah, 30% ROI and a $4 profit. And let's just say that in a perfect world, uh, you know, the price is never going to tank on it or anything like that. I'm going to be able to buy, let's say 10 of those and sell them. Well, I've broken even, but in a perfect world, it's also a replen. And so I'm going to sell those 10. Uh, maybe I sell 10 every two weeks. Well, now I'm at $80 a month off of the one lead that they gave me. And so now I've paid, you know, I've been paid. They've become a profit center multiple times over. And I I don't think that enough people give their VA that kind of credit when they're thinking about their return on their investment in, uh, in having a virtual assistant. Yeah. And you, you're being diplomatic about it, but sellers need to seriously pump the brakes on, <laughs> on the expectations. I mean, you know, not only no, you know, especially if people are hiring VAs, like, I don't know, there's some element of, it's not just volume, you know, like if, if you were that good, you know, if you were producing, if you went in an eight hour shift, and you produce 12 leads over that eight hours. Why, 
why wouldn't you do it? What, what, what are you doing instead? What are you hiring a VA to replace you to do that is that much more valuable than 12 solid leads over an eight hour period? Uh-huh. You know, I mean, that's, you know, if you did that day after day after day, we don't do public math, but after a week, that's like over 13 leads. That's a joke. Like I didn't write <laughs> oh, 12. Didn't write. <laughs> i'm not wrong right um no no you know what i mean but like you know make sure the expectations you know call yourself on on your own bs you know like if, mm-hmm. don't expect them to do something you can't do you know so that's that's number one and then i've talked to sellers that uh you know, it, it, usually it's it's sellers who have hired their first VA, um, and, and there are a, a bunch of just crazy expectations out there. Um, it, it, basically, like let's use this example. You know that like you you have your VA service. Mm-hmm. Certain sellers expect them to get a clone of you. For you know for for three, five, whatever dollars an hour, you know, they, they expect them to be just as talented at, you know, at, at sourcing and, and just know everything like, you know, master's degree in Kipa and, and you know, <laughs> like, and that's not going to happen. Like, no. you know, and, and so that you need to pump the brakes on that. So, yeah. Um, I am for, for sellers who are like that. I am curious if like how much training they're offering a virtual assistant uh you know because that, that is one of the things that we discuss upon intake you know when we hire vas for people is like you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna show them keepa uh you know we're gonna show them you know this kind of stuff but here's the thing uh, i'll just i'll here i'll just say it. there's there's not a you're not paying us any fee or, you know, anything like that to, for us to go out and hire a VA. Uh, you know, there is, there is, we do have some profit in there. Okay. So it's not like, uh, this is just out of the kindness of, of our heart kind of thing. It, it's, it's definitely not incre- insanely profitable. So I'm not, uh, I'm not even paying the mortgage with, uh, with what we make on, on that. Uh, you know, but it's a service that people want. And so, you know, we provide it, but, there's going to be some keepa training. There's going to be some sourcing training, you know, but you've got to go out and you've got to reinforce the training. You've got to show them what you want. Uh, you need to make sure that, you know, that is happening on a continual basis until someone is, is doing what you want them to do. Um, I'll be honest. If I could, if I could recreate myself in a, in a virtual assistant, I, I, I would never give them away to anybody else. Uh, they yeah. would, they would work for me with me all the time. Uh, and, we, and we would like, we would like bump this up to like two episodes a week at least. Then you're right. If you, if you could do that, that yeah, it'd be great. Uh, no, it's yeah. like you know what? Think of this like for the sellers out there, like who only know enough about computers to, to switch it on and, and, and get, you know, get, get the screens to show the, the website you were looking for. Imagine if you were given tasks in like HTML, 
mm-hmm. you know, like, like imagine a coding screen. If you've ever seen that, right. It's, it's mostly in English, you know, they, those words are, you know, they, they're kind of, it's kind of English. So imagine that, imagine it. And then imagine you were given instructions on, you know, how well would you do? You know, it, it's, it's kind of a different language that you, that you kind of know, <laughs> you could recognize yeah. parts of it, but you know, how, how much of a, a time would you have, you know, sorting through that? So, you know, yeah, they got keep a training. Sure. But it was, think of it in that context, you know, that, that, you know, having keep a training to a, a Filipino VA, for example, versus you getting keep a training. That's two different right. things. Yeah, it's well, kind of a difference. I mean, even if you take the best KIPA training ever, and you know, and that's ever been around, I mean, how long does it still take to really have all of that stuff sink in? And how many reps do you have to put in? Right. You know, I, I know, I know how long it took me to really understand KIPA uh, before I ever started like telling other people how to use it. It took me years, uh, you know, to really uncover how powerful it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't give anybody, uh, you know, a decade's worth of experience in a day. I, I wish that was possible. Uh, yeah. we, you know, since we're since we're on this topic of tempering expectations and things like that, I guess we should probably cover, like, you know, what are some of the ways that you can train a VA or, or, or make sure that they're doing the things that you, you want. And I, I would imagine the first thing we should cover is like having SOPs or standard operating procedures in place. Uh, you know, that, that can be incredibly helpful. You know, if you can, I guess when I talk about SOPs, just for anybody who doesn't know what they are, uh, I always kind of go back to the paper you wrote in grade school about how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But you can't just say, go to the kitchen, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You got to open the cabinet, bring out the bread, take the twist tie off the bread. You know, you know the steps, you know, you know them in your own head. But putting those on paper or digital, you know, with a loom video or scribe how or or however you're going to create those, uh, it there's a lot of steps in the process when you really break it down. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think if you do that, though, one, it can be really helpful for the person you're trying to teach, but it can also kind of remind you, like, how much there is that you actually have to know to be good at not only this business, but really any business. There are are so many moving parts uh, and it becomes second nature for us, but it's really important to have all of those little micro steps that we take uh, kind of clear as, you know, clear as day so that you can pass those on to your virtual assistant. Um, and then there are some other ways too. I guess, what are, what are some of the ways that you train with your virtual assistants? Uh we do a lot of screenshots, you know, oh, nice. I'll, I'll, I want to see what they're looking at. You know, I mean, I, that helps both, both ends if we do that. So, you know, we communicate through WhatsApp and, uh, you know, during the, I work, I work at night, which is, you know, usually the first half or <laughs> I'm a night owl too. So sometimes I'm up for their whole shift, but, um, you know, I, usually the first half of their day I'm, I'm at my computer. So I'll actually pull up, 
the WhatsApp um, desktop, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll have that open. And, uh, you know, just to make sure if I see something, you know, like we have, we have the one thing which I don't have a solution for yet, but um, I get a lot of, a lot of the leads that I get from them come back as out of stock. Okay. Um, and, and I'm not really sure what the issue is and I haven't been able to train too much of an improvement. Um, <clears throat> I did, I, I bought a VPN for them hoping that might help um, mm-hmm. because they, they do, they complained about the free VPNs. They, they said it's a little spotty. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I did buy that for them. Um, and I think it helped a little bit. Um, it, it comes in waves, you know, it's tough to, to, to accurately measure, but, uh, um, you know, it, the one good example is, is, um, with TA settings, you know, like I'll just say, Hey, you know, show me what you're looking at. Um, and then, uh, the one, probably the biggest, uh, impact is, when I go through the searches that they went through, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's important to, to be willing to, to, you know, kind of go back over and, um, and sure enough, you know, the one time I did it, probably the last time I did it, I, I was going through stuff and I found several leads that, that met my criteria that they had missed, you know, and, and, uh, so I showed them, you know, and, and we did we did screenshots like, hey, I even did a Loom video and I said, hey, it's, you know, in the five minutes that Loom gives you. And, um, you know, I was able to get through a, a few pages of the, the search results and I pulled out, you know, I showed them what I was looking at. And so they sent me screenshots of their settings and, and it turns out they had their um, estimated monthly sales um, filter dialed up way too high, you know, and I said, let's. Because let, let's move that down just, you know, not only in case the number isn't that accurate, but, you know, let's see if maybe that's just the, you know, maybe the average shows something more advantageous, mm-hmm. you know, in in, um, in real time. And, you know, in the, um, like right now, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe 90 days ago pulled it down is what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we use a lot of screenshots and, and, you know, I'll make sure their, their settings are, are on target and whatnot. And then I kind of spot check, uh, some searches and, um, I'll do the, the loom videos. So yeah. but what you mentioned about SOPs, um, <laughs> another point on that, if you do write them down, you'll be, it, it, you know, it might be a burden the first time, but you'll be so happy you have them when you get to pull them out, when you hire your next VA. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's, so here's, here's the next level of SOPs is you create them the first time, but then if you have a virtual assistant who's like really, really good, this should be part of their job to recreate your SOPs in the way that they do things. <laughs> and, and this is going to do a couple of things. Number one, they might pick up some things that you didn't think about. Cause I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about having someone who works for you is one, you're going to have someone else's ideas that you can take advantage of. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean like take their idea and go make a million dollars with it and not cut them in or anything, but you know, they're going to think differently or they're going to uh, you know, have some experience that's going to make them, you know, uh, just see things a little bit differently than you. And if you can have them recreate the SOP, one, 
they might bring something to the table that you just didn't think of. But two, it might also be in a format that's a little bit better for someone else who's in their culture, you know, who's from the Philippines or from Vietnam or whatever that is. And then if they move on to something else and you need to hire a new virtual assistant, well, now you've got this nice document uh, that's been written by somebody, you know, who kind of speaks the native tongue and, you know, has the same experiences or similar experiences as the next VA. And you can pass that stuff off to them. uh, And it might work even better than the SOPs that you put together. Uh, So it can... I don't know. I think that can be something really, really powerful. Uh, yep. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap up the the episode talking about myths of having a virtual assistant. Uh, and I know you were chomping at the bit a little bit earlier to talk about that, <laughs> so I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I, I've tried to. Uh, I think I slid a lot of them, a lot of them in there. But uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. I, they're not, it's not magic. You know, it, it, it's not, you're not going to hire somebody that knows more or can do what you're trying to do better than you. Uh-huh. You know, it's, you know, like they say about, uh, uh, you know, computers, you know, like they're, they're only as good as the people that program it, you know, that, that you, essentially your skill as a seller, as a sourcer or whatever you're having the VA do, that's the ceiling, you know, so if you're expecting anything above that, you know, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, if you follow, if you follow some of the best business minds on Twitter or you read some of the books from, you know, the best business authors, they often talk about hiring people and, you know, a lot of them will, you know, pull out the, the cliches. Well, you know, hire people smarter than you, uh, Sometimes that's not possible. Okay. It's it just, you know, it's just not, you've been in the, you've been in the game longer, or maybe you've got a, a, you know, you've got a mind for business, you're, you're a business rain man or whatever it is. Uh, and you're not going to find someone like that. Uh, you know, but my thing is, is if you can hire someone who can do the job 70 or 80% as well as you can, but you get to, leverage their time you get to leverage uh you know all the things you know you get to take you're buying your time back that's what you're doing and yeah they can only do the job you know 80 percent as good as you but you then get to go work on something else hopefully something that's either a more fun or b uh has a higher return on your time invested uh you know it I would imagine that in an Amazon business, sourcing is probably one of those things that has the highest return on your time invested. However, uh, you know, building out systems so that other people can source for you in the long run will probably have a much higher return on your time invested. And so I think that's one of the things people need to, to think about is the myth that, well, I can only hire people who are better than me. Cause like you said, I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's that is, you know, if anybody finds that unicorn, let me know. Cause I'll pay top <laughs> dollar, you know? Uh, yeah. That's uh, what it would like, Felix Dennis. Uh, he made a good point regarding that. You know, he said, uh, 
you know, people always fear that you're going to have an employee that is so good, they're going to get poached or they're going to go off and do it on their own without mm-hmm. you. And, and he said, you don't want, don't avoid that. He goes, that's, that's exactly what you want. That's who you want working for you. He goes, and then once, once the situation arises where they, they're about to get poached or they're about to go off their own, he said, pay them so much that they, they decide to stay, <laughs> you know, like it's, a, you know, sure. It's a little bit more money, but you've got an employee that is so much better than that has become so much better than you. And, and is think about how hard it is to replace, you know, it's, I, I butchered that. That's not how the book went, but you know, that's, that summarizes his point. I, I thought that was great. You know, it's, yeah. he talked, he was in, you know, the music industry and, he actually had the guy from Pet Shop Boys working uh, in the same office as him, and and that happened. He went off and did his own, but uh, yeah, he actually he created a department. He had a, a somebody that he valued more than anybody else in the company, and and he tried to get poached, and um, so Felix actually created an entire department for him, and and he stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that was that was a really good anecdote in, in that book. Um, mm. Yeah. If you have not read it, it is a really, it's a good listen. It's a good book, but how to get rich by Felix Dennis, that really spammy title, but, uh, <laughs> but a good book. Uh, yeah. let's, uh, so I thought I, I did, I came up with a quote of the week this week. Uh, I thought, I thought this one was pretty good because we're really talking about, you know, leveraging other people's time. You know, there, there's, there's so many different ways that you can use leverage in your business. You can leverage, you know, other people's money, can leverage other people's time. Uh, and so this is probably, I guess, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, but give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and I shall move even the world. Uh, and that's from uh, Archimedes, who was uh, a mathematician uh, way back. I can't remember if he's Greek or Roman. Uh, I forget. But... Um, yeah, leverage leverage is incredibly powerful, and a VA is just one of the ways that you could use leverage in uh, in your business. So, uh, I think it was, I think it was a good episode, man. I think this uh, I think this yeah. this one was really top notch. There's a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to VAs. So yeah, but yeah, but yeah I agree. It's, uh, uh, yeah, remember it's uh, it's not cruise control. <laughs> VAs are not the cruise control, not not autopilot. Yeah. But, uh, and- they yeah, can definitely quote, be, yeah. Sorry, it can ahead. definitely be gas on on whatever fire. It can be a it can be a good fire, or it can be the house burning down. And uh, you know, if you, <laughs> you know, whether you do it right or do it wrong, will depend on what kind of fire it is. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's uh, that's it for us uh, this week, guys. Uh, do us a huge favor. Make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, you know, leave us a, a comment or uh, a review. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, it'll help us grow, uh, grow this podcast. Uh, we made it all the way to 130 in entrepreneurship uh, in Mexico. And so we'd like to, uh, we'd like to be able to do that here in the States as well. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another episode of Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. And uh, until then, stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. 
Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.